0: you're listening to city lights dubai we've got our good friend jake and i just thought you know we've we've got a quite a chance here church the church grew quite a lot and is growing uh, yearly and and kind of weekly so a lot of you would have known jake has, has been part of our story and a real voice into city lights over the years um but uh, I just thought I'd do a little interview with him. But before I get there, I want to just talk quickly. Who's fasting tomorrow? Tuesday and w- Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? Okay. It's, we call it a liquid fast, which means you don't fast liquid because you'll die. Okay, that's unwise. It's um, whatever's in kind of a liquid form, but obviously if it's a thick um, kind of whatever and it fills you up, like the whole idea of fasting is going without so you can actually uh, Get to God in prayer. So we really encourage you, maybe a smoothie or juice, or if you want to go pure water, that's also awesome. Whatever you want to do, just push through. It's a time of breakthrough. So if you haven't got all the information, it's on our website, citylightsdubai.org, and it's a little booklet that you can download, and it has all what we're going to be praying into, plus all the stuff that you're going to be trusting God for. Is that cool? Okay, go. So we've got Jake here. Um, I'm going to start uh, just kind of from the beginning. Uh, Do you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, your family, Kids, etc. Yeah, awesome.
1: Good morning. Yeah, good morning. Um, my name is Jake Isaac. I am a, uh, I am the husband of Tinu, Omo Tinualawa Isaac, a Yoruba woman from Nigeria, and I have and all the Nigerian women in the room said Amen. Okay, one will do. That's fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, we've been married 14 years this year. We have three beautiful children: Jesse Isaac rain jesse's six going on seven rain is four going on 14 and soraya is five months old but she was born at 28 weeks and um she's doing great god has been really kind and really faithful um and we live outside manchester i'm from south london crystal palace where jesus lives and (laughs) but we moved uh he sent us on mission to greater manchester so now we're there
0: amazing we didn't get a chance in the first meeting, so I want to go straight off. Just, can you tell us a little bit of the story with Soraya, coming yeah. 28 weeks, nerve-wracking,
1: what yeah. God spoke to you? So we'd actually, summer last year, we'd actually gone to the Peak District. Does anyone know where the Peak District is in the UK? Stunning. If you heard of the Lake District, it's kind of like that, but with less lakes. Um, and uh, we went to the Peak District as a family, and uh, a week in the forest in this amazing cabin. And on the last day, we got back uh, to where we live, um, just outside Manchester. And uh, my wife had to be rushed into hospital. Um, she started losing blood, and, um, and so we feared the worst. Anyway, um, I ended up, yeah, the, the doctors got everything under control. I ended up going home. That night, a friend of mine, a friend of mine and Andrews, a guy called Aaron, I forgot he had a key to my house. So I'm sleeping. The house is empty. It's just me in the house. And I get woken up by this five foot nine black guy standing over me, telling me I'm having a baby. Um, I, had to, I had to ask him, how did you get in the house? <laughs> he said, you gave me a key. I said, you just saved your life. Um, <clears throat> um, anyway, she came and um, <clears throat> uh, that whole journey, so she was due in November. She came in August. So the whole, from August to November, she had like a blood transfusion within the first two weeks of being on the earth. And um, she's Her whole journey has been actually immense, intense, and all the entses. um, But right now, she's home. She just got signed off, um, discharged from hospital completely a week ago. No oxygen tanks needed at home. uh, No support for breathing. No caffeine shots. None of that. She's a normal baby. And so that means I'm missing out on sleep now. So we thank God. (laughs) But you're catching up here. Just... (laughs)
0: Um, Just to dive straight in, like think, Could you just share some of the areas that you're involved in? I, I yeah. joke, I know jokingly call you a Renaissance man, and uh, is you that your right? <laughs> husband. <laughs> but uh, I know you've got you, you literally have your finger in different kind of pies yeah. and involved in stuff. Just I'd love to he- everyone to hear all yeah, the yeah. stuff you're involved in.
1: So um, I, I, this is why I live now. I actually didn't see as any form of job profile when I was younger. Um, Imposter syndrome was was loud for me in my journey. Um, But somehow the Lord's been faithful, providing, and so now I have the privilege of, um, I'm a full-time musician, so I I write music and produce music for myself and for other pop acts over in the UK, and um, and when I'm not doing that, I'm preaching or leading worship, itinerantly blessing the church, encouraging other believers in the faith, Um, and then when I'm not doing that, I'm an associate pastor of my local church in Wigan, and um, all while doing all of that, I'm a full-time dad and husband.
0: It's pretty full on, eh?
1: It is full on. That's why I'm <laughs> in Dubai.
0: <laughs> Rest up.
1: No.
0: Um, I, I would love for you to uh, just actually see Andrew there. I said, how long have you known Andrew? How long have you known him?
1: Since he was eight.
0: Since he was eight. Was he a naughty he, yeah.
1: kid? He had facial hair then. <laughs> um.
0: <laughs> Born with facial
1: <laughs>
0: Shaving at 10. Um, I know your dad's a bit of a legend, and I follow him on, on Facebook and every time he gets in there, he preaches to me, and I feel like I need to just repent of all my sins. Um, but he, he's a bit of a legend in the UK. I'd love for you to talk about him, something of your upbringing, uh, some of the good and kind of the negative that has come out of that. And yeah, be yeah,
1: awesome. So my dad's an incredible man. Um, but my journey with my dad, he's, um, I, I hated him for a massive chunk of my earlier life. I just thought, there's, in my mind, there was nothing worse than having a present dad who wasn't present. Um, it was like, and, and so I said, screw the church. Like, my dad's always at church. What the heck's going on? Like, what's that about? Um, He was very kingdom-minded. He was a first-generation Christian. And so he was navigating life as a, as a new believer, as a father, as a husband, trying to figure it out. And I start with that because I, I really learned, now that I'm older, he's my, my best friend after my wife. There's such a sense of honor. I love him. I would do anything for him, um, anything from book him an uber even if i'm halfway across the country to upgrade his flights whatever it takes i would honor him and i bounce everything past him <clears throat> and i say that because this in the early days of parenting for our parents sometimes it's so easy to give them a bad rep and, and to come down hard on them and to sometimes with a whole bitterness towards our parents but actually they're new to it too they're new to it too they're new to navigating life with you in their lives as well um, and so i found my journey with my dad he's he was when he was 25 he Pastored. he led the largest black church in in London at 2,000 people. He um, after that he soon after started an amazing uh, initiative which is now in however many countries across the world called Street Pastors, uh, which basically stems on caring and listening, helping in the after hours. So he, he works with what's called the Urban Trinity: the church, the local government, and the police, and they equip and train. Churchgoers like you and I, to be out on the streets between 12 and 4 a.m. on a weekend when people are clubbing, and to care, listen, and help to be there for emotional support to ensure that vulnerable women get in taxis, have flip flops if their heels are broken. They are, pres- they are Jesus on the streets at the- when many people are sleeping. Um, so, my dad started that. As a result, he was awarded an OBE from the Queen, and, and now he kind of operates in an apostolic ministry going from country to country with my mum, his girlfriend. Um, <laughs> uh, she would hate if she heard me say that. <laughs> She's um, not here, his his wife, his wife, just in case this ever gets to her. Um, and uh, he goes around now speaking into other senior leaders and politicians um, uh, and government officials, bringing a perspective of the kingdom of God um, in places of influence. And, um, and I, I honor him. I love him. I'm proud to be his son. I phone him regularly and I thank him. I thank him for, um, for putting up with my rubbish um, and also for loving me the way he, he knew how to. Um, in fact, the day he became a Christian, he was walking through Camden, which is in London, with a machete in his le- in his in his trousers because he was going to kill his dad. Um, he, my dad, my dad has been on such a journey, and um and yet I'm still I still know the Lord and I'm still here today. So I'm um, honour your father and your mother. Eh? Amazing.
0: I know pastors' kids can sometimes have like trauma, trauma, trauma. trauma. <laughs> Let's call it what it is. <laughs> but I mean, even in that, I, like, I'd love to just. For you to tell your story, how Jesus became real to you, how you switched onto the things of God, because obviously you can grow up in a Christian home, literally sleeping yeah. under pews, but it doesn't yeah. mean anything until the point. Yeah. When was that point for you?
1: Yeah, so um, uh, being being a pastor, any pastors' kids here? Yeah, trauma. I told you the twitch. I I, I get it. I get it. I get it. Um, so basically, um, growing up in a Christian household, we went to lots of like visit other churches and conferences. I gave my life to the Lord like seven times Um, because that was just, oh, here we go again. I was was that guy. Um, uh, And if if that's you, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, Salvation is a journey and it comes with revelation and understanding of the fear of God. But so I I did that and, you know, I was more, I think because of the profile of my parents and just the, the, the circles that we were in, I was more afraid of getting it wrong. So I would play church on Sundays around people uh, but when I was on my own I was a hooligan and absolute. I had something to prove I was going hard as a hooligan as long as I didn't get caught and so things came to a head when I was about 18 um, 17 18 um, and I ended up um, I thought I thought I got a 35 year old woman pregnant and at the age of 17 being a pastor's kid could you imagine how scandalous that would be um, we actually soon after we actually um, we were on holiday in Antigua, in fact, that whole week i 'd never done it before. my parents were concerned, but I spent the whole week six a m five a m praying at the top of my voice and fasting saying, "God, if you get me through this, I am yours and so proverbs to say, the beginning of wisdom is the fear of God. that was my wisdom and fear of God moment um, and I, it, for me, it was very real it was very real it was it was it was a moment of if I don't get through this, I'm moving to Bristol and changing my name to John. I, I, like, I can't, I, we can't do this. Um, f- for some, I mean, it's drugs or just whatever or heartbroken. This was, shame was the thing that scared me the most. And um, uh, ironically, my dad has pastored and led people to the Lord with way more scandalous stories than that. And so I actually, if I'd been more transparent with my dad, I'd, he'd probably have been there for me more than I thought. But that was the moment, and um, I didn't have a child with this uh, 35-year-old woman at the, t- at the age of 17, and so now I'm the Lord's, And now I encourage uh, other gener- younger generations of how important it is to live free. If you're not there with the Lord in terms of pursuing holiness, that's cool. You understand? Like, it's, it's not a problem. There's enough grace. God's a big boy. Like It's a journey. It's fine. But no one likes being forced to kiss them. Relationship with Jesus is not by force. Take your time. Hang around godly people. Ask the questions. Do an alpha course. Journey with Jesus rather than appearing one way on one day. And that's bondage. You don't want that. God wants us free.
0: There's a lot of um, talk on calling. And I mean, I also even preach it from the front. But you're obviously walking in your calling. 38, 39, approaching 40. Like okay, I said, okay. Okay. I, yeah, okay. <laughs> here's here's the thing, I've aged. You haven't. Like that's that's the crazy <laughs> thing. It's just uh, unfair genetics. Um, but the thing is, uh, like, how did you kind of find? You know, like this is your thing. So I know there's a singer songwriter, minister, uh, worship leader. I look at some of the young guys, Jaden Freeman, sitting at the back. Like, how did you? How did you figure that thing out? Even I mean, even the Caleb's amongst us, those post fifty, fifty five. To say, actually, do you know what? Like, there's still land that I can take, there's still calling that I can take. How did you work that through?
1: When I gave my life, in fact, that week when I was in, those two weeks we were on family holiday in Antigua, I remember when I decided, all right, Lord, no matter what's awaiting me when I get back and this woman tells me it is or it isn't, whatever happens, I'm yours. That's the reality of it. Because I'm useless at life on my own, I'm absolutely rubbish at it. And I said, if we're going to do this, I'm not waiting for a couple of years to find out. I need you to tell me what I'm about and what I'm on this earth for. I said yesterday, I, um, there's, a, there's a certain gentleman who, I don't listen to probably 99% of what he says because it's questionable. But there was a 1% moment. And his name's Kanye West. and um, And he said this. He said this in his genius documentary. He said, we all have a limited time on this earth to bring beauty to it. And for me that reeked of the call of God. And actually, that, that back then, in those two weeks when I was in Antigua, I, 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 and Pierce, you don't have to go to Antigua to hear, to hear from God, by the way, um, but it's a nice place to be. Um, but I, when I was there, I asked the Lord, what am I here for? And, and two things came to mind, which I still live by today. Uh, number one, to tell sto- the story of who he is and to his, reveal his glory. And so I've learned over the years in my discipleship that I'm a carrier of the presence of God for those causes. And all I need do is two things. Be aware of whom I carry and pivot and ensure there's an outpouring of that wherever I am. So if I'm on stage at Glastonbury, I am still a carrier of the presence of Yahweh. And if I'm in city lights, Dubai, same sometimes we limit our awareness of the presence of our holy God and, what, and the authority we have in him. We limit it to Christian circles or we limit it to when we need it in times of crisis. When actually in him we live, in him we breathe, in him we are supposed to be moving and having our being. That's what scripture says. So I think the awareness of the carry, being carriers of God changes and actually can define your trajectory in life. Um, and being aware of what you're supposed to bring to the world, does that make sense?
0: so good um, there's a few different things I want to ask her what are you what are you dreaming about if it's say not like a five ten year plan but it's like man like what what is like the overarching thing in my life that I want to see achieved
1: for me personally for me personally, yeah yeah um. I've always, and, um, uh, yeah, I've always had this dream of, um, from when I was young, my, I was saying earlier, myself and Teddy, uh, I've probably known Teddy since he was born, we're really close family friends. We started a, a youth thing called I Equals Change, and we were a bunch of musicians who, we ended up having 500 people in Oxford Street, having a worship night, and crazy, we were radical for Jesus. And I, I never want to turn that volume down. And so my vision, um, my vision, actually, is is to see a Friday night, um, to do a gig on a Friday night, sing songs about love, hope, life, and death at the O2, songs which meet people in a way that if Jesus was a singer, he, he would be telling those songs as parables, etc. The same kind of thing. Um, to see the Friday night, say the O2 or a local arena here in Dubai, and have a great production singing those songs over people. And then on a the Saturday, go back and invite people to worship Jesus and do a worship night in the same arena. There's coming a time where there's an overlap. Lines are being blurred and some of it's in a good way, some of it's in a bad way. But I feel as believers, we need to start blurring the lines with our humanity, our spirituality, our gifting, our calling. And start to understand that Jesus was actually more creative in the marketplace than he was in the temple. What does that look like in terms of the gifting that you have? I think it's crucial. It's crucial. The world is getting darker. Wars and rumors of wars. Just in the UK, the headline yesterday or two days ago was the US wants to put, plant nucle- uh, have a nuclear base that, that's active in the UK just in case things kick off. You, you, like it's We are there now. What does that mean for you? I'm reminded of Mordecai's words to Esther. Hey, listen, who knows that you're called but for such a time as this. Hey, and by the way, if you don't rise up, I'm sure God will find another. In fact, he goes even more to say, and actually the memory of your family will probably be wiped off the face of the earth, which is quite harsh. But actually, the message is still the same concerning your purpose and your calling. What are you on this earth to bring? The only reason you woke up today next to your spouse or on your own or wherever you were was because God gave you another chance to reveal his nature and his glory on the earth. What does that mean for tomorrow? That's awesome.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You've obviously been involved in different things, different denominations, uh, ministered in different places. Like, wh- where do you see kind of, I don't know, maybe hope for the church or the future of the church kind of going? Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, every move of God, whether it be the, the this, if you're new to the faith, bear with me, I'll try and unpack this really quickly. but. In history, there have been times in different cities across the world where there's been a revival, which basically means a coming alive to the things of God and the kingdom of God. It's happened in Azusa. It's happened in Toronto. It's happened in the Welsh revival. And every time these revivals happen, it's not because of an amazing communicator or preacher. It's not even because of the size of a church. It's not because of a great worship leader. But it's because of an attitude of repentance, humility, and confession namely a consecration a turning away from worldly nature to holiness understanding that my humanity my spiritually, spirituality play a part in tandem i am not good enough as a human so that's why my spirituality my faith in jesus kicks in repentance was at the core of every move of god and what i feel is the church particularly after lockdown we've realized we need deep roots in terms of our discipleship yeah. we need deep roots in terms of community You'll notice if, you're in, if you know about certain Christian circles, there's many ministries, many very profiled ministers, and things are just falling around them. I'm more concerned about those who have been discipled by them. We need to turn away from what feels good, sensationalism. We need to turn away from that thing because Scripture's clear. We're not to be led by how we feel or how we're stimulated. We're supposed to be led by the Spirit of God. It says, not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. A turning to holiness. This is not beyond us. I love what it says about Elijah, who's one of the most incredible prophets in Old Testament scripture. It says Elijah was a man just like us. And so I can understand that it's easy to hear me talking now and be like, oh, that's a level. Listen, I'm a wretch in need of a savior. I understand that I need my savior. The minute you grab a hold of that, you unlock a desire to lean into holy things. When you understand how broken you are, you understand how much you need a Savior. God doesn't look for your ability, He looks for your willingness. And so I believe the church is now turning to valuing these important things repentance, confession, humility. If my people are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked way. That's repentance, turning away from what the old and what's not good then i hear from heaven and heal their land and if you think of revivals whenever there was a revival in history if it happens in wales in the welsh revival there was an out there was a spilling out into the streets scripture is true it doesn't change it's just about us embracing it it's so good
0: uh- I'd love for you to pray for us. Um, we're obviously going into a fast tomorrow as a community. And I, I often kind of dream about this, other going to bed, waking up in times with Jesus, is imagine God had to just pour out his presence in this space, in this city, in a little warehouse that's relatively unknown. Imagine he just did that in an increased way, because he really is doing it. But like Jack says, revival is just an increase of God's awareness of who he is. And I know that's not going to just come. It's not like, oh, God, please, And you ask him once. I know it's going to come through travailing and prayer. And every time Jake stayed at our house, every time I walked past the bedroom, like I said in the first meeting, not in a creepy way. It's not like I had a glass in the door um, listening. It was just like I, I would hear Jake interceding and praying. And you come out of that, that tradition of deep prayer, and I'd love for you, and I do believe in impartation, so I'd love for you to pray with us that you'd impart something of the the passion and the fire for prayer for us into us as a community
1: Yes, awesome. can we stand and posture ourselves to receive I asked in the earlier service I'm going to if you want this I'm going to ask you if you want the grace to pray and to fast and it's not just for the three days, I'm talking in this season of your lives, I'm talking moving forward but yet, before I ask you, I need you to understand. When you have the grace to pray and to fast, it comes with the cost of sacrifice. Denying yourself of what you would normally indulge in. The apostles say that he may increase and I may decrease. So now I'll ask you, would you like the grace to pray and fast? It's not a trick question. Would you like it? Yes or no? Okay, now posture yourselves to receive. It's an outward act reflecting your spiritual disposition. Come and move and breathe and work Holy Spirit now. Come and stir the waters of our hearts. Come and stir the waters of our hearts now come and saturate our minds now come and unlock, come and smash open our hearts now to you withholding nothing, come Holy Spirit come and overwhelm now Holy Spirit come and renew now we ask, sweet Holy Spirit come and tear down walls now, sweet Holy Spirit come and reignite fire and passion for your name and your kingdom, now Holy Spirit, come and highlight the areas in our lives that we need to let go of or surrender and bring to you, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Do whatever it takes. But we who have asked for the grace for prayer and fasting, change us. Create in me a clean heart, O Lord. Renew a right spirit. Cast us not away from your presence, but rather restore to us the joy of your salvation. So then we may teach transgressors your ways. Come, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Lord, we ask in this moment, unlock an unusual grace, an overwhelming grace to pursue you, to chase after you in prayer and waiting on you. Come and give us a grace to go without, to fast, that we may place our attention even more on the holiness of who you are and your calling on our lives. Father, may this be a season of people stepping into holiness and consecration like never before. For your word says, be holy, for I am holy. Father, we say yes, we want that now. Now, Holy Spirit, now, oh God, we want to be holy. Oh, wretches that we are, we need you. Come, renew in us a right spirit. Concerning our households, may we be holy. Concerning our parenting, concerning how we steward our time and money, may we be holy before you. May we be upstanding, may we be acceptable in yours. Come, Holy Spirit. Unlock that grace. Speak to us. Give us ears to hear what your spirit is saying over these next three days. And glorify yourself in our lives like never before. Why not? I was reminded of that saying, what what good can come from Nazareth? What good can come from Dubai? Well, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. That the king of glory may come in. Here we go. Come on, stir that up, Lord, in us. Here we go. This city on the hill, stir it up, Lord, in the name of Jesus. In our brokenness, in our lives, stir it up. Show your glory. Show your power. Lord, let that river flow. Lord, we ask now that good may come from here. In Dubai, from this warehouse, in the name of Jesus, we agree. Amen.
0: Thank you, Jake.
1: Thanks for listening. For any more information about City Lights, please visit citylightsdubai.org.